Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. We hope and pray the following message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. John 6.63 It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, Jesus said, they are spirit and they are life. So I speak to you today from this thought, taking Jesus at his word. You may be seated. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profits nothing. But the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. That principle has not changed from the moment Jesus spoke that to his disciples and to those around him to this very day. His word is still alive and it's never changing. It's never changing. It's forever settled in heaven. In John chapter 4 and verse number 50, Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word. I love that. The man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him. And he went his way. In the NLT, that scripture goes like this. Jesus told him, go back home. Your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. This is a great story nestled in John chapter 4 concerning a royal official in Galilee. He was a man who had a problem. His son was dying. He was a royal official, meaning that he was a foreign occupier sent to Galilee from Rome. As a matter of fact, he held a very high position in that region and because of his Roman descent, we are aware that he was a Gentile and not a Jew. And here are some prevalent questions for us to consider this morning, questions that he probably dealt with himself. And I would say to bring it down to you and I on this day, what if we all, on this Sunday morning, simply took Jesus at his word. How different would our lives be? How different would the outcome of our lives be? And notwithstanding, how would it change the lives of those around us? Our family, our friends, our neighbors, our associates. If we truly, on this Sunday morning, took Jesus at his word. The story unfolds like this in John 4, 46. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee where he had made water wine. 
And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. And when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son. For he, his son, was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, except you see the signs and wonders you will not believe. The nobleman said to Jesus, sir, come down ere my child die. And Jesus said unto him, go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. You see, I believe it was at the moment he took the Lord at his word and made his way back to his home that Jesus touched the son. The servants saw it and made their way to meet him on the road between Cana of Galilee and Capernaum. Somewhere on that road, the man received the information that his son had been healed. The man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him. This man, this father, had every reason not to approach Jesus. First of all, he was a Roman, no less. There was a tremendous amount of animosity, ill will, and notwithstanding hostility between the Romans and the Jews. And so he had every reason to believe that Jesus would probably not even consider healing his son. You're not of the household of faith. You're a Gentile. Not only that, you're a Roman that's occupying our nation. Uh, why, why would I heal you? He, he had every reason in the back of his mind that to say probably this is, not, this is probably not going to work out very good when, when Jesus, uh, even when Jesus was his only option in his crises. And the question in his mind must have been something like this. Would Jesus, will Jesus even give me the time of the day? Let's establish something for this service this morning. Let's establish this fact that we find from this story that unfolds. Let's establish the fact this morning that in this house of worship, Jesus Christ still responds to our faith in his word. That's what he responds to. He responds to our faith. Perhaps he was at the wedding in Cana of Galilee. We do know that the first miracle Jesus performed in his earthly ministry was activated, how? By the faith of his mother Mary. Mary was there in Cana of Galilee. It wasn't even time for Jesus to perform miracles in his earthly ministry. He went to that wedding out of respect. He was there with his disciples, his family, his mother. He was there and the word got to him. They've run out of wine. And they're embarrassed that the governor is here and they have no more wine to serve their guest. And Jesus said, what is that to me? My hour has not yet come. And Mary did not question the hour of the Lord's ministry or whether or not he would do it or would not do it. His mother Mary 
turned from Jesus after hearing Jesus say, what is that to me? She simply turned to the servants, didn't challenge him, didn't question him, didn't come up against her son. She simply turned to the servants and said, look, whatever he asked you to do, do it and walked away. And when Jesus saw the faith of his mother, he stepped over the time limit. It was not time for him to perform a miracle, but he stepped forward, turned to the servants and said, take those water pots, fill them up with water and take it to the wedding and serve them. And the servants picked up six water pots, went to a familiar well, filled those water pots with water. And you know the story, somewhere between the well and the wedding, the water splashed out and it was water. And the next step they took, it splashed out and it was wine. They were literally carrying the miracle when it happened. And it wasn't time for miracles to take place. But the fact that the governor was at that wedding, it stands to reason that this nobleman would have been there too. And it's mentioned in this scripture. So when Jesus came into Cana of Galilee, where he had made water wine, here is this nobleman. Obviously, this man is desperate. Obviously, it was a desperate situation that motivated him to step out of the parade of predictability saying that I don't think I really qualify, but if I remember correctly, Jesus said it wasn't time for him to turn water into wine. And I know this is the hour of the Jews and I know I'm a Gentile, but if I'll just have faith in him, maybe he'll step across the dividing line between the Jews and the Gentiles and heal my son. Can I tell somebody today, there are no lines, there are are no restrictions. There are no hesitations on heaven's part. Jesus Christ is here right now and you don't have to worry about whether it's time to perform a miracle or whether it's time for the Jews and the Gentiles to have it. This is an hour that whosoever will, you can step out of your parade of predictability and understand today that God is able to reach down and touch you, bless you, heal you, change you, transform you. There is no limitation with him. There are no restrictions on heaven. There's no way that God, hallelujah, will hold something against you. He's here right now to bless you, heal you, transform you. If you believe it, say amen and clap your hands unto God Almighty. He's able. He's able. He's able. His son was dying. And for him, nothing else mattered in the world except finding that miracle worker, the one the one who turned water into wine. I'm going to put my trust in him. It was recorded in Proverbs chapter three and verse number five for your consideration this morning. Trust in the Lord. I say to someone today in this house and maybe you who are watching online, I declare to you that this is the moment. This is the time for you to trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Now I shared with you last week about the miracle 
of Brother Stan Edwards, who was in the OR, ready with the anesthesiologist to be put out and go through a heart procedure. And a week ago, last Tuesday, the doctor came in and looked at all of those screens and said, after weeks of planning this surgery, the doc said, send him home. I can't find anything wrong here. And I asked Brother Edwards this morning when he walked into the Finding New Life class how he was feeling. And he said, I'm feeling fine. I think we ought to pause on this Sunday morning and thank God for that miracle that took place a week ago last Tuesday. We ought to praise him for it. God's no respecter of persons. God's able to heal. God's able to heal. God's able to heal lung cancer. God's able to heal kidney cancer. God's able to make a way on this Sunday morning. Let's take the restrictions off of God, take our excuses away, and say, I'm going to believe you and take you at your word. Hallelujah. I sent this testimony to our ministerial staff and church board. I've got a good friend, Mike McDonald. He's probably watching this morning. Mike has been my friend for, well, since 1994. And uh, he's brother Jim Ashley. Are you here, Jim? Jim Ashley's brother-in-law. As a matter of fact, it's his sister's husband. And, and Mike is my friend. Whew. And uh, I talked to him this week. And uh, for four or five years, we've walked the road, Brother Jim. We've walked the road of, of lung cancer with him. And uh, not knowing how that was going to turn out. And went through lung cancer and lung cancer surgery. And doctors, you know, was skeptical and just didn't look good. And so got through that surgery. And then they said, now there's, a, there's another tumor on your kidney. And uh, we're going to have to remove it. And the doctor said, I'm going to have to remove the kidney as well. And so Brother Mike has had us praying and his family praying and we've all been praying and trusting God in this situation. And Lord, if you can, if you can move in the lungs and, and let those lungs heal. And so we, we prayed with him. And so the, the morning of surgery, just a few days ago, Mike woke up and went to the hospital. And in the hospital, he told me that he said this to God. Lord, my church, my pastor, my family has been praying for me. They've been praying for my kidney. And the doctor said it's 95% going to have to come out. There's just no way with that tumor on there that it will be any other way. And Mike said this to the Lord. Lord, they prayed for me. But he said today... I'm going to pray for me. Lord, would you heal my kidney? And then they wheeled him off into surgery. He come out of surgery and he asked the nurse in the recovery room, how did the surgery go? And she said, you know, I wasn't in there. I, I don't have any information for you. 
And so he said, oh, this is great. I come back to, and I don't know what's going on. And, and he said, it wasn't too long until my daughter came in and she was smiling. And she said, dad, isn't it wonderful? And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I wasn't one nurse and she wasn't in there. And he, she said, has the doctor been in? She said, no, doctor hadn't been away. She said, let me tell you what happened. They got in there and the doctor said, you know what? I think I can do this. I think I can remove that tumor and leave the kidney. And he got to operating and he said, this is going to work. And when Mike got back to recovery, what you've been praying for, what his family's been praying for, and what he prayed for, this week he got back to recovery and the doctor left 95% of the kidney intact and took the tumor away and said, you're going to be fine. I just want to tell somebody, somewhere you've got to take God at his word. You've got to take him at his word. His word is powerful. His word is sharper than any two-edged sword. His word is able on this Sunday morning to meet your need. I want somebody to know you can walk out of here made whole by the power of the word of God today. Hallelujah. Some trust in chariots, some in horses. The wise man said we will trust in the Lord with all of our heart. We will not lean onto our own understanding. You see, the key to taking the Lord at his word is to have faith in almighty God this morning and step out on what the Lord said. John again, 450 and 51, Jesus said unto him, go thy way, thy son liveth. Wait a minute, I'm a Gentile. Go thy way. Your son lives. Wait a minute. I'm a Roman citizen. Go thy. He doesn't care where you came from. He's not looking at your pedigree. He's looking for one thing this morning, and that's for someone who will step out and have faith in his word. And the man believed the word of Jesus and went his way. And as he was going, his servants met him and said, your son is going to be all right. I want to preach to somebody. You can step out by faith, and as you go, God will send a confirmation that you're going to be made whole in Jesus name let me preach about this for just a little bit I won't be much longer but let me preach to you uh, the, about the fact that the man's actions were proof that his faith was established on what Jesus said to him he did not, watch this now, because this is where I find myself sometimes. He did not debate what Jesus said. Sometimes we talk ourselves, we, we work our way right out of a blessing, right out of a healing, right out of salvation, right out of the things God has for us. Devil whispers a thought in our ear and we start debating on whether or not. Let me just tell you right now, it is God's will. He said, I will not withhold any good thing from you. That settles it. He will not withhold any good thing from you. You got to trust him. You got to trust his word. You got to step out on his word. And sometimes we're so quick to debate whether or not he's going to do it. This man did not debate it. 
He did not deliberate on what Jesus said. He did not procrastinate on what the Lord said. He simply took the Lord at his word. And when he did, his son was healed. So in this house of worship this morning, is there anybody here that will give me an amen when I say to you that you can trust God and take God at his word? Amen. Psalm 119, 89, forever, O Lord, thy word is established in heaven. Hallelujah. He'll supply the need. I did a little test during the offering on our missionary. I pulled out a $20 bill and put it in this hand. And I pulled out a $1 bill and put it in this hand. And I looked at Brother Gibbs and I said, what should I give? This is my last $21. I have no other cash on me. Should I give the 20 or should I give the one? And he looked at me and said, both. What does leave me broke, my brother? And so I said, both? He said, yes, because a number of years ago, Penny and I had $21 and that's all we had. We didn't have any reserves. And he said, in this church, during that service, he said, the Lord told me to give the $21. And he said, before we got to the back door, someone gave an envelope to Sister Penny with $400. I want to know where you are this morning because I just gave 21 bucks. I'm looking for a $400 blessing on this Sunday morning. No, give and it shall be given. Knock and you shall receive. Ask and you shall receive. Come on, somebody. You got to trust him. You got to trust his word. God's going to bless you. I'm telling you, there's a blessing coming to new life because somebody's going to trust him. Would you clap your hands under the Lord and give God praise? Let's magnify him. Forever, forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Psalm 119 and 160, thy word is true from the beginning and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Proverbs 23, 23, by the truth, sell it not. Also by wisdom and instruction and understanding. So that settles it. On this Sunday morning, the truth. What is the truth? The wise man said, by the truth. The truth is the word of God. The truth are the principles written in this word of God. We, on this Sunday, hear this preacher today. We will not sell the word of God. We will not exchange it. We will not switch it. We will not trade it. We will not barter it away 
and notwithstanding, we will not substitute it for anything. We will not put anything in its place. We stand with the admonishment of Solomon. We will buy the truth. We will not sell it because as the truth goes, so goes wisdom, instruction, and righteousness and understanding. Can I preach to somebody? You can stand on God's word and as you do, the answer's coming down your dusty road and God's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. I say to you today, Jesus Christ is truth. And Jesus said in our text, John 6, 63, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The, prop, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So I say again, I say again, as goes his word, so goes wisdom and instruction and understanding. The condition of this day and age, listen to me carefully, the condition, the tragic condition, the horrible, I don't, know, I don't know how else to say it, the horrible condition, the challenging condition, the situations around the world are staggering. We are dealing with things we have never had to deal with. We are living in a day and age, watch this carefully, when spiritual wisdom, divine instruction, and righteous understanding are being ignored by this society. When a person or a family or a church or a society, a nation, refuses to take Jesus at his word, they will inevitably lose spiritual wisdom. They will lose divine instruction and they will lose righteous understanding. However, the good news on this Sunday morning is when you, new life, when you, my brother or my sister, when you take God at his word, his word will take you from death to life. His word will take you from ashes to beauty, gloom to glory, despair to salvation. His word is going to take all of us one of these days. The dead in Christ are going to rise first and we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together. It's going to take us from earth to heaven one of these days. You've got to just keep believing and keep trusting in the word of God and the word of God will see you through. When? When, when you take God at his word, his word teaches and transforms. It instructs and inspires. According to the wise man Solomon, it enlightens and empowers. It feeds and fortifies. It reveals and revives. It directs and delights. It speaks and satisfies. Listen to Mark 16, verse 19 and 20. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received where? Up into heaven and set on the right hand of God. And they went forth, the disciples. And what did they do after his ascension? They preached everywhere. The Lord working with them 
and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Now wait just a moment. He just ascended. He just disappeared into the clouds. And the next thing we know is they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. John 20, 30, 31. This is one of our key verses at our church. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciple, which are not even written in this book. He did so many things in that world at that time that it's not, the Bible says the books could not contain all that he did that are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, that you might believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And what happens when you believe? And that believing, you might have life through his name. So I say today in closing, don't underestimate God's word. Whew. I can tell you one thing about my daddy. And I won't stay here long, but I can tell you this. If he said it, you could take it to the bank. He was going to do it. He was as good as a handshake compared to signing all kinds of documents. If he said it, don't underestimate God's word. If he said it, he will keep his word. I want to say something else in closing. Jesus Christ is right here, right now. He is no respecter of persons. He can touch this brother, that brother, this sister, that sister. He can touch you. If the Lord has ever touched you, healed you, blessed you, would you raise your hand right now? If you've, My Lord, have, there's the witness. There's the witness. Hallelujah. Listen, and you will hear him speaking to you this morning. And he is able. And I want to say this to somebody. I wrote this down last night, and I felt inspired to write it down. And it's for somebody in this room right here. He has not left you alone. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. He is the answer that you need. Whatever you are facing this morning, he's able to make a way out of no way. Whatever your situation may be, he is able to heal, deliver, transform, renew, bless, change your situation. And he can do it right now. Whatever you're dealing with this morning, take Jesus at his word. And when you capitulate and submit and surrender to the word of God, victory will be yours. I just say to you today that the path to victory is a path of confessing and speaking the word. Psalm 77 and 12, I will meditate also of all thy work and I'll talk about it. We're talking about it this morning. Hallelujah. Romans 10, 9 and 17, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, we're gonna talk about it. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Somewhere between the pulpit and the pew, the supernatural takes the word. And if you mix that word with faith, 
Putting the word of God into action today is paramount. James said this in 1 and 22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. So if you're just a hearer, you're deceiving yourself. But if you're a hearer and a doer, something good's gonna happen. My last story comes from Luke chapter five. I said last Sunday on Easter, I was fixing to shout. And we had a lot of visitors, so I just gave them one of these little deals. I'm fixing to shout. I'm gonna knock this pulpit over and knock these in. Did you see it? I just did it. Y'all, I'm fixing to shout. Now when Jesus had left speaking, he said to Simon Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have been out here all night, toiled all the night. We haven't caught one fish. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net broke. You know why the net broke? Because they didn't fully listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, let down your nets. And they just threw one out but it was filled with fish. And I'm telling you right now, somebody, it's time to launch out into the deep. It's time to take God at his word. It's time to trust him. Get the nets out. Let's throw the nets out. Let's see what God will do. Let's take God at his word. His word will not return void. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.